I guess let, let me open us in a word of prayer. Father, uh, we really need you, Lord. We're, we're here, and we just want to ask that you would give us humble hearts as we come before your word. Father, as we, as we sung, um, Lord, Christ is, is everything to us, and I pray that as we read through your scripture, that you would convince us of that, and that you would help us, Lord, to live that out in our daily lives, that we are um, completely content in Christ. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Well, um, it's really good to worship and sing um, praises with you guys tonight. I'm really grateful to be here, uh, to be able to share God's word with you. Um, tonight, we're continuing um, our study through the book of Philippians, and it's actually one of my favorite books in scripture, so I kind of wish that I was here throughout your whole study. Um, but tonight, we're on chapter four, uh, so we're nearing um, the end of the study, um, and I, I kind of wish as well that we could make it more interactive, but as I was um, going through Philippians, it made me wonder, you know, if you could look back at the weeks of going through Philippians, what have you guys taken away from your study so far? You know, how, how has it changed you and your perspective on life? Has it impacted the way you live and, and, and has it impacted the people around you? You know, tonight um, we're focusing on the topic of complete contentment in Christ. Um, so if you could just take a moment to think about your own life, you know, think about the past few weeks, uh, the past few months. Are you content in life? You know, are you at peace? Uh, if not, in what ways are you seeking contentment and comfort in life? Tonight we're looking at Paul's writings. Um, if you've read his letters, this was a man that was content in Christ. You know, there was a peace about him uh, so much so that even through great suffering, he was able to um, rejoice in the Lord and encourage others to do the same. But think of the circumstance of that rejoicing that Paul is in. Remember that when Paul was writing his letter, he was actually in prison, um, most likely in Rome. And this was a man who has suffered so much for Christ. Paul suffered for the ministry, and yet, as we'll read, he was completely content. You know, so let's take a look at our passage. If you have your Bibles with you, would you uh, open them with me to Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 10 through 13. So Philippians 4, 10 through 13. Now, as you read, um, imagine, if you will, Paul writing this in prison. Okay? He was writing this to the church, to his brothers and sisters, uh, and the Lord who have supported him and have and are concerned about him. And this is what he writes, uh, starting with verse 10. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Um, our main idea for tonight is this. When we live for God and the gospel, we can give up worldly comfort and be content in any circumstance because we have everything we need in Christ. 
Uh, now, many of you may have read this passage before, especially verse 13. You know, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Um, Steph Curry writes it on his shoes, right? He, he said it, it pushes him to achieve greatness every day. And it may be a life verse for some of you. But remember the context of this passage, right? It's not saying that you can do anything on your heart and pursue anything you want and God will bless you in your endeavors. The context of Paul's letter is living for God and the gospel. It's one of obedience to him, serving the Lord, serving others. Paul suffered and was persecuted in prison for the sake of the gospel. In verse 10, when it says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Uh, Paul is expressing a joy and gratitude that the church in Philippi was so generous in renewing their support for him while he was in prison, even though they were poor and it was hard to get to Paul. The prison system that they had um, in the Roman Empire was different from the way we're used to it here in the U.S. Um, back then, prisoners were actually responsible for providing for themselves, uh, including their meals and their clothes. Um, Paul was a Roman citizen, so he probably had a sm small food allowance, but still he needed help from his friends and the church to supply his food and his clothes, his um, daily um, way of, of living, right? He was chained in a holding cell and it was far from comfortable, but he was willing to give up his comforts for the sake of the gospel. In Paul's writings, we can see that he was willing to give up worldly comfort because obeying and living for Christ was more important to him. And this brings us to our first point. When we live for God and the gospel, we can give up worldly comfort. We can give up worldly comfort. How about for you guys? You know, would you be willing to live in prison for the sake of the gospel, to be threatened, to be beaten, and to lose all the things that you take for granted every day? And this may not be the reality. This seems really far away from us, but in some parts of the world, this is reality. You know, the daily comforts and security of life, it's gone, right? Being in jail carried with it a social stigma, so your reputation, that's gone as well. People that you thought you were friends are gonna turn their backs on you. And most, you know, if not all of us would say, why go through all that? You know, why go through prison? And if I think about the Apostle Paul and the things that he's written in Scripture, there's one thing that, that stands out to me. He was a man that was changed by the gospel. You know, just think through what you've read so far in Philippians, right? Um, in chapter 1, starting with verse 12, um, he says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So what kind of man was he? And what did he believe about Christ? You know, this is kind of a review for you, but, you know, think about Paul and some of his trials, right? How others um, have preached Christ without uh, well, he, he goes on uh, in the following verses saying that some um, preach Christ out of selfish motives to afflict him in his imprisonment. And then he says in verse 18, uh, 
What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, this means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. And I hope you hear in these words what's most important to Paul. It is Christ and the gospel, right? That's what's supreme and what's at the forefront of his mind. And he wants us to have that mind as well. And then in chapter two, uh, verses six through 11, Paul describes what Christ has done for us. Verse six, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but Christ emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the Christ of Paul. You know, I think it's easy for us to come to scripture each week and take it for granted. And almost to the point that the gospel um, becomes trite, but it should never get old. You know, when you read this, what goes through your mind? It never got old for Paul. You know, this was Paul's life. And he said it in, in chapter one, verse 21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He's saying my life is Christ. You know, everything about my life. For Paul, his imprisonment is for Christ and for the gospel. Um, verse 18, he wants Christ to be honored in his body. Verse 20, he wants more than anything to be with Christ. Verse 23, in short, Christ and the gospel is everything for Paul. So when we get to chapter three, when he talks about his background and accomplishments, he says that even then, everything that he's done, his, his background, Christ is infinitely more valuable. So chapter three, verse four, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. He had this amazing heritage and since he was young, he was a follower of the law. He's from the tribe of Benjamin, which gave Israel their first king. He had biblical knowledge. He had great reputation. He had it all. And these are all great things, right? These are all wonderful things. But in verse seven, he says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So all these good things in life, you know, he says are like rubbish. He counts them as dung in order to gain Christ. 
all the valuable things in life. He would rather lose all those things so that he can gain Christ. Is that the same for you guys? You have two columns in life, right? Um, loss and gain. You know, can you say all the comforts this world has to offer, they're all under this column of loss. And on the other side, just Christ. Christ equals gain. And this is a very different way of thinking, a different way of living. It's a different economy of what's gain and what's loss. What is gain to you? You know, maybe you think of success in this world, having your education, uh, your degree, uh, the comfort that goes along with prestige. You know, I went to this good school or I'm getting a degree in this, um, this field. And many of you seek a, a great career after you get your degree, right? I, I know many of you guys, um, you work so hard to earn those grades or if you're working already, you, you want to climb the corporate ladder, but for what purpose? You know, because you can have all these things but miss out on what's most important. Do you know Christ as Paul did? You know, is Christ your life? And if so, um, when you live for God in the gospel, you can give up worldly comfort. And, and what does that mean to, to give up worldly comfort? You know, think of all the comforts that you're holding on to, um, your, your possessions, your, your wealth, the pleasures of life, um, relationships, um, safety and health. You can fill in the blank. But none of these things could compare to the treasure that you have only in Christ. Are you convinced of that? You know, and, and what if God were to take some of these things away? If the Lord called you to, to missions, to share the gospel in the uttermost parts of the world, you know, to the Middle East, to faraway tribes that have never heard of Christ, to countries where, you know, 1%, even less, no Christ, there's, there's no church, would you do it? And some of you may be called to do just that, you know, and to use your talents and your, your skills with people and your language for the sake of the gospel. But for some of you, it could be that you're, you're staying in your comfort zone, you know, of not going out and sharing the gospel with your family members, or you're not serving here in the church body with your gifts. Or it could be um, that the social circles that, that you choose, you know, you exclusively hang around people who are just like you. Do you stay with just with your friends? Or do you make the effort to reach out to others when you see someone outside of your circle in need? Or comfort could be the sinful life that you're living. You know, a relationship with a non-believer that you're holding on to in disobedience. Whatever they are, whatever comfort is for you, just like Paul, if you consider all of the things you value as rubbish compared to the surpassing knowledge of Christ, then you'd be willing to give them up in order to live for God and the gospel. And not only willing to give them up and let go of those things, but you would be content to do so. And this brings us to our second point. When we live for God and the gospel, we can be content in any circumstance. Verses 11 and 12 says, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Can you imagine saying that? You know, I have learned 
in whatever situation I am to be content? Or is your life just the opposite? You know, that your contentment depends on how your day is going. Does it increase or decrease based on your circumstance? We're often so discontent, right? Um, there's a poem uh, entitled Present Tense um, by someone named Jason Lehman. Um, he wrote it for a dear Abby uh, Collin back in the 80s. Um, he was only 14 years old when he wrote this, but I found it pretty insightful for a 14-year-old. And the, po- the poem goes, It was warm, but it was, it was spring, uh, excuse me, but it was summer I wanted, the warm days and the great outdoors. It was summer, but it was fall I wanted, the colorful leaves and the cool, dry air. It was fall, but it was winter I wanted, the beautiful snow and the joy of the holiday season. It was winter, but it was spring I wanted, the warmth and the blossoming of nature. I was a child, but it was adulthood I wanted, the freedom and respect. I was 20, but it was 30 I wanted to be mature and sophisticated. I was middle-aged, but it was 20 I wanted, the youth and the free spirit. I was retired, but it was middle age I wanted, the presence of mind without limitations. My life was over, and I never got what I wanted. And we often think, if, if only, you know, if things were different in my life, right? if only my family or my friends were more like this, if only I had that thing, if I could be respected and recognized for what I do, and if only I could be more like this and have people like me or be able to do what I wanted, then I can truly be content and then life would be all right. But scripture tells us that these earthly things, people and circumstances and material things, they never last. It would be foolish to base our contentment on temporary things rather than on God who is eternal and is the source of true life and satisfaction. Paul had no earthly thing left, no comfort. He's in prison after all, right? Um, and in his other letter to the church in Corinthians, um, 2 Corinthians 11, he tells us that he suffered not only imprisonment, but beatings and was often close to dying. He says, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes, last one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I was on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, danger from my own people, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there's a daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. That's heavy stuff. 40 lashes minus one is like, they, they did that because 40 lashes they thought would end up in death. So they do it just on the brink of death. But the same guy who experienced all of this says in verse 11, not that I'm speaking of being in need for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. He's actually saying that even though he's in prison, he's all right. You know, he's not languishing. It's almost like he's not feeling the weight of imprisonment. I know how to be brought low and know how to abound. I can face plenty and hunger, abundance and need. He's unmoved by it all. No matter what circumstance he's in, he's like a rock. 
Imagine if, if we were like that, right? People would notice. Imagine people around you, people that you know, if you were like that, people w- would see that we are a peculiar people in the way we live our lives, and we, we can point them to the source of our hope. And that's what Paul did. Paul's willingness to suffer and be content in the midst of it all led to the spread of the gospel. So what is the secret of of Paul's contentment? It really came down to his faith. You know, he knew the God that he served. He knew what Christ provided for him. I look at the end of verse 12. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And this brings us to our last point. When we live for God and the gospel, we have everything we need in Christ. The contentment that Paul is talking about is one that isn't dependent on outward circumstances, but it comes from something deeper, something more secure. It's found in his relationship with Christ who gives him everything he needs not just for this life, but for eternity. Even if he faces death, you know, being chained night and day to a guard, he can rest content because he trusts in the Lord. Why are we discontent? You know, why are we anxious about the suffering that we face or might face? And ultimately, it comes down to a lack of faith in the Father who said that he has provided us all things that pertain to life and godliness, 2 Peter 1.3. It's a lack of faith in God who said that he is able to make all grace abound to you so that you'll have all sufficiency in all things at all times. That's 2 Corinthians 9.8. Uh, Branch is going through a study through Recovering Redemption and uh, Pastor Matt Chandler in that book, he said, The bottom line underneath most of our fear and anxiety is that we simply don't believe, don't have faith in the goodness of God. We don't trust he's going to provide for us. We don't think he's looking out for our best interest. We don't feel convinced that he's wise enough to know what to do for us. We doubt his greatness and we doubt his goodness. We may never say that out loud about God, you know, but that's practically what we tell God when we're not willing to go through suffering in our discontent. You know, we often say that we have faith in God, but at times we limit that certain things, right? I'll trust in you for this, God. We say we trust God for salvation and yet ignore what he says in scripture about suffering. Do we trust God for our salvation and yet not trust him that he is enough and he'll provide for us the joy and the satisfaction and, and our purpose for life? Right? And if not, then we need repentance from that because it's a faith issue. And how you respond to life and suffering in your contentment or in your discontentment points people to Christ or away from Christ. So think again, you know, for the, the thing that you thought about at the beginning of our, our time together. Do you act like you don't have a father in heaven who hears your prayers and sees what you truly need? Do you have a peace that's different from your non-Christian friends and family? You know, when they look at your life again, do they see a difference in the way you respond to the stresses of life? You know, when you or, or someone gets sick, 
when your car breaks down, when you get criticized or you're wronged or, or you don't do well in an exam, do you respond in a way that reflects that you trust in a sovereign God who loves you, who knows you, or, or does it reflect that the things of this world is what's most important to you? Right? Because if this world is your treasure, then it makes sense that if they're threatened, you'll get worried and you'll get angry and you'll speak unkindly and do everything you can to be in control of the situation. Do your actions and your thoughts and your speech reveal that you trust in God's sovereignty and that he'll provide everything that you need? Uh, Romans 8, 28 through 30, um, I thought it was fitting to share this as well. It says that we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that we might, he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. This covers it all. You know, if you have faith in Christ and you follow him, your eternity with God is predestined and secured. It's sealed with the Holy Spirit. We are called and justified and will be glorified. So he's taking care of eternity for us. And Paul knew this. And this is the secret of his contentment. When facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, being in prison, being beaten, he knew that he could do all these things through Christ who strengthens him. You see, when, when you have the greatest prize, which is God himself, it follows that all these other things that you're seeking after will be yours as well, right? Peace and joy and love and security and perfect relationship. Christ provides all that. So let's not seek the comforts of this world. You know, what God ultimately wants for us isn't contentment in this world, right? To, to have a... a a good life, but it's himself. He's everything that we're searching for. We have to start and we have to end with him because he's everything. He, he is who we were created for. And so my encouragement to you guys tonight as, as we close is that if you don't know him, get to know him. Spend time in, in the word and in prayer. And if you're discontent, what are you doing to fuel your faith in him? You know, it's hard to trust and be content in a person that you don't know. You know. When you're discontent with life, do you take time to lay out your heart before God, saying, God, my heart is, is anxious in these matters. Would you provide for me? Convince my heart that you are enough because sometimes it's hard. And as you guys um, read the past, uh, last time, I think, in Philippians 4, 6, it says, we are to turn to the Lord. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I don't know where you guys are at in your walks with the Lord and, and your suffering. You may not feel like you have anything in your circumstance now that's worth rejoicing in, um, but you can have joy and contentment, no matter what that is, because of Christ, because your future is secure in him, and he said that he is more than enough. Christ saved us from death itself, from sin, and 
He's shown himself to be trustworthy and faithful and loving. And at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, why are you discontent then? Why don't you trust him? Is it because you don't truly know him? So my, my desire for you guys, my heart is, is that may Christ and who he is and what you know about him and what he's done for you on the cross be the lens through which you see life. You know, the gospel should change everything about your life. If you truly know the gospel, it should change everything about your life and the struggles that you face. He's the cure to our discontentment. He's taking care again of your sin. Think about that. Are you, are you thankful? And when we're in Christ, we are one with him. It's never just I, but it's, it's a we now. Whenever, wherever I go, it's a we because I am in him. I am never alone. If we truly knew what God already has um, for us in Christ, if we knew everything was taken care of for eternity, we can rest as Paul did and say, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Let's pray. Father, we ask, Lord, for your forgiveness for the times that we are so blind to what we have in Christ. Oftentimes, Father, we, we seek after the comforts of this world. Um, we seek after um, your creation to be content, to find our, our joy and our identity. And um, we rejoice in that. But, Father, help us to know even um, bring suffering in our lives. Whatever it takes, God, for you to have our hearts, I pray that for us. I pray, Lord, for my brothers and sisters tonight that you would help them, Lord, to fight, to have you as their contentment, to fight to know Christ, who is their all, and to rest in that. And I pray that they would not go through life alone, but that they would spur um, one another um, to Christ, they would point each other to Christ, and I pray, Lord, for their discussion time tonight that they would be open and that they would um, share from their hearts and that in time, Lord, um, we would live our lives in complete contentment because we have Christ. And we pray that it would not end with us, but that our lives would reveal that to everyone around us, to our family and our friends and to our neighbors who don't know you yet. Father, be glorified in our lives in the way we are content in Christ. We bless you, Father. In Christ's name we pray, amen.